0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 229 of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary ace How's it going, Gary? It's
1: going good, man. I hope everyone had a nice Thanksgiving, and um, I hope all the gamers out there managed to get some good deals on Black Friday. Um, I personally didn't. But you know I am happy to to know that there wasn't any videos released of people beating each other up for xboxes and stuff like that, so uh, I guess I guess you know the Black Friday craze is getting better now people aren't beating each other up but yeah that's pretty that's pretty much it
0: that's that's good uh and you know we will get into that later but if I, if there were were any fights this this uh black Friday, I think it was over playstation four not xbox but uh As I said, we'll get into that later. Uh, We're also joined by Mr. Jake James Lugo. How's it going, Mr. Lugo?
2: I'm doing good. I had a lot of turkey. I had a lot of dessert over my Thanksgiving holiday. And for the record, there were some videos that did drop about people getting wild out uh, (laughs) during Black Friday. So uh, nothing's changed. It's just a little bit, I guess, more covert since Gary didn't see it. It was passed around on Twitter. But either way, I had a good Thanksgiving. I had a lot of food. I did some gaming stuff. I did some work stuff. I'm ready to talk about what's been going on in the news.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. And we're doing joined by uh, Miss Dana Abercomy. How's it going, Dana?
3: Hello, everyone. Happy Thanksgiving or post-Thanksgiving.
0: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, so hope everyone also had a happy Thanksgiving. Um I maybe I think it was some people that thought, well, because it was an extended uh holiday weekend, we wasn't gonna have a show, but no, you know, we definitely try to have a show as often and as possible in pretty much every week. So uh definitely look forward to that uh so before we get into the news topics we're going to let you all know what we have been playing so uh dana how about you start us off and let us know what you've been playing
3: um well basically it's the same stuff still lego marvel superheroes too i've been playing some of that and you know enjoying the world that is mario odyssey it's been kind of a laid-back um, week for me. Well, weekend, the little break that we had. So only those two so far. There will be more upcoming since, you know, everything was purchased during Black Friday.
0: Oh, well, since you mentioned that, uh, was there anything that you picked up during Black Friday?
3: <laughs> Not me particular, but I know there are some gifts coming to me. So, yay! But um, Spider... Okay, back... In the, gosh, I forgot, like maybe five years ago or so, there was Spider-Man Shattered Dimensions, which is one of my favorite Spider-Man games. But through a big miscommunication and several things happening, I lost my copy, and that copy is now returning home to me again. So uh, that is something that I am definitely looking forward to seeing again. But all the the games, I'm going to just wait until a little bit later. I didn't really... Nothing really spectacular or special. I just got a whole bunch of older games.
0: That's cool. Awesome. Sounds good. Yes. (laughs) Okay, Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what you've been playing?
2: Uh, I've been going through a couple different things, you know, some game stuff for review, which we'll probably have later this week, you know, because we're getting close to PSX time, so we got to get a whole bunch of stuff done beforehand. But there'll be some stuff coming this week from me that I've been playing for review. Uh, outside of that, because it's a holiday and I just want to chill out and just kind of like enjoy everything, I actually got a chance to get a copy of Breath of the Wild on Wii U and actually mess around with that. Even though it's not Nintendo Switch, it's still, from what a lot of people have told me, it's still essentially the same type of game or at least the same game in essence outside of a few visual uh, changes. So I messed around a little bit with that. I'll probably have some impressions at some point, probably on the next episode that we do or at least talk about it a little bit more. Uh, and I also went back and started playing a little bit more Street Fighter V. I went back played some more Injustice 2. Uh, obviously, some more Star Wars Battlefront now that we have the review up on the website. If you guys haven't checked it out already, we talked a little bit about it prior uh in the last episode but we have our full review of star wars battlefront 2 up now and i ended up giving the game in the 60s because i thought that was a fair score based on a couple different things we touched on and uh you know just some of the different stuff i've been seeing online it's been a little bit of a of a chore to play that game in multiplayer because of the whole disparage between the different skill levels and the star cards that people have, you know, a lot of people have been really boosting up their weapons and their abilities and stuff with their different units. So the people that have been putting in a lot of time into it, as well as also the people that were with it since the pre-orders went out, they clearly have a huge advantage. And I'm starting to see a lot of people drop off from it because of stuff like that. But that's what I've been up to lately. I've been also posting up a lot of other content on the website, including some other stuff we'll talk about a little bit later towards the end of the show.
0: Sounds good. And uh, did you pick up any uh, Black Friday deals?
2: Uh, for me personally, I didn't really go out uh, shopping on Black Friday. I usually kind of stay mellow. I usually hang back and I let everybody else beat each other up for t- for sales. But uh, besides that, I, I had a couple family members that actually went out, picked up a few little different things here and there, you know, to give as gifts and stuff. So for me personally, I didn't really do a lot of shopping.
0: So awesome! That yeah, so- sounds good. So how about how about you, Gary? What have you been playing?
1: just overwatch. That's pretty much all I've been playing this week. Um, I was looking for, you know, some good black Friday deals, but um, I didn't see any significant ones, you know, in the UK, our deals are much different. And, you know, I hear that the American deals are way better on black Friday because obviously it is an American thing. It's just something that, you know, kind of caught on here in the UK as well, because, retailers realized that they could, you know, make a lot more money by participating in Black Friday. But um, yeah, I, I, I was looking out for Assassin's Creed Origins, but they only kind of took a few pounds off of it. So I didn't bother biting the bullet yet because I have a feeling that it will get cheaper within the next couple of weeks. So I'm just going to wait for that, you know, before I purchase it. Um, and you know Christmas is coming up, so instead of buying games on Black Friday, I uh, I just kind of bought gifts for people for Christmas and stuff. So yeah, that was pretty much my Black Friday. Um, but yeah, only Overwatch this week, unfortunately. Um, I did just install uh, World of Final Fantasy for PC because that you know that's coming out on PC, and you know I, I'll probably be doing like a write up just to you know just to talk about the differences and how it runs on PC and my experience with the game on PC, even though I, you know, I reviewed the game last year for the PS4, but uh, yeah, that's something to look out for in the future. So that's pretty much it.
0: Awesome. Sounds good. Uh, And as for me, um, yeah, well, first and foremost, as far as black Friday deals go, uh, I didn't get anything for myself. Uh, My brother's birthday was yesterday, so I actually got him Assassin's Creed Origins on Xbox. Uh, I know that's a game that he was looking forward to playing, um, so he can start playing it this week. But uh, no other deals for me. I mean, the one lesson I did learn from Black Friday is that uh, next year, I think I will wait for Black Friday and purposely not buy a lot of games prior to that because most of the games that I purchased – I haven't even played yet. And then we we get to Black Friday, and I discover that, oh, man, now this game is 50% off or maybe at some point, uh, you know, 25 bucks. So, yeah, next year I will do better. I will avoid a lot of games uh, throughout the year, obviously. I'll still talk about some games because, you know, we still have to cover a lot of games. But uh, if I am not the one that's personally reviewing a game, I'll probably just hold off on it for a little bit of time until the price drop happens. Cause uh, yeah, there were a lot, of, a ton of deals this year, and I was, I was very annoyed about that. But you know, it's all, it's all good, it's all good. <laughs> so, as for what I've been playing, uh, I've, I've been playing two games in particular. Um, first and foremost, I have been playing Planet of the Apes: The Lost Frontier. I actually completed that, and I'm actually working on a review, which you will see on the site tomorrow. Um... This game is pretty much an interactive uh, fiction game. Think of it like a telltale game, except for it's mainly just uh, a lot of conversation dialogues you have to have. Um, So, you know, you'll have an option for a character to say something. You just uh, move the uh, analog stick in a certain direction as to what the answer is that you want to give, that type of stuff. They do have some action sequences where you can actually decide to do certain things in the game. But outside of that, it's not really like it's too much gameplay. It's more so like you're watching a film and making the decisions of what the characters are actually doing. Um, but the game essentially it does take place uh, prior to the last Planet of the Apes movie that that came out this year, um, and it's just basically about another group of apes that uh, they're looking for food during the winter time, uh, so they decide to descend upon a town where they see people are are at. And of course, then you have this whole conflict between the apes and the humans that you have to deal with. And, you know, uh, there are some characters that do get killed. You know, there are three different outcomes that you can have for the game, which is that there's a peaceful resolution between the apes and the humans. Uh, the humans win or the apes win. So I got to play it a couple times to see a couple of different outcomes because the game is only about three hours long. It's not a long game at all. um, and, I mean, the storytelling is good in the game for the most part. Uh, but, yeah, the, the, the decisions you make are very impactful, definitely affect a lot of things, a lot of the relationships that you build up in the actual game. Uh, but, overall, it's a good game. I mean, right now it's only on PlayStation 4. Uh, it does have uh, play link support. I know I reviewed uh, Hidden Agenda, which was another game that had PlayLink support. That pretty much means that you can just download the app on your mobile phone and play on your mobile phone if you don't want to use the controller. Um, But overall, it's a good game. Right now, it's $20 on PS4. It is supposed to be coming to PC and Xbox, but they haven't given a release date for any of that information quite yet. But yeah, the game is fun. Um, Definitely, if you want to try out something different, if you're a Planet of the Apes fan, Maybe you will want to check it out. Um, But again, you know, it's a short game, so you may not want to spend $19.99 for it. You may just want to spend, you know, a little bit less. So I'm pretty sure there will be some sales maybe at the end of the year um, or if not, definitely the beginning of next year. So stay tuned for that. Uh, One other game that I have been playing, um, and that is uh, uh, the Batman, the Enemy Within Episode 3, A Fractured Mass. Uh, I will say this right now. You know, I, I spoke about episode two on this show not too long ago. In episode two, I wasn't really happy with it because they introduced a lot of the other characters in it. They didn't really spend a lot of time with them. You know, I, a lot of them were underutilized, and I also saw that they basically was taking a lot of stuff that they did with the Guardians Telltale game and implementing the same stuff in this game, where you have to manage different relationships with different characters. So, um, this episode, I have to say it has to be so far, in my opinion, one of the the best episodes of the season because they cleaned up a lot of stuff with the storyline. You had Catwoman who is in this episode and you have to deal with that situation, but you also have to deal with the fact that Bruce Wayne is still undercover and has to deal with, uh, the fact that he's trying not to reveal too much of himself to the other, the bad guys. So uh, I thought it was a very interesting episode. It tied up some of the loose ends from earlier in the episodes, um, made better use of a lot of the characters, and really tried to play with the dynamic to see just how far Bruce Wayne would go if far, as far as, you know what, you know, doing bad things. So uh, I'm looking forward to episode four and five, because I'm very curious to see how they conclude the season. But this episode definitely was the best episode that I've played so far this season. So I I will say if you are a Batman Telltale fan, obviously you can wait until all episodes are released and then play through. You know, that may be a better experience, Um, but it definitely is starting to get a lot better. The first episode was fantastic. Second episode, uh, I don't know about that, but the third episode, definitely the best. So if you enjoyed the first season of Batman Telltale, you may definitely enjoy this one. You'll see a lot more villains that you maybe you care about or you want to see how Telltale uh, uses those villains. So definitely check it out when the price drop happens, if not sooner. But uh, yeah, that's pretty much is all that I've been playing for this week and all that we've been playing as a whole for this week. So uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into the main topics for this week. Uh, as you guys already know, Thanksgiving was on Thursday and then Black Friday, Friday. There wasn't really too much news that happened those two days, so we don't really have too many topics to get into, but we definitely still need to talk about a couple of things. Uh, so first off, last week we spoke about Star Wars Battlefront Two and the controversy with the loot boxes, so on and so forth, um, and, and pretty much this week, you know, a lot of governments are starting to get involved in all of this, saying that the loot boxes are a form of gambling, and they're actually making different uh, decisions based on how they want to treat these types of games moving forward. So we just wanted to have a discussion. First and foremost, I believe there was some more news that did come out recently. So Mr. Lugo, how about you let us know what some of the other news was that came out about this topic?
2: Well, not really much, Rich, but the main gist of it, you know, without getting into too much of the crazy specifics, because it gets really deep with a lot of the political stuff that's going on with it. But basically, a couple countries, and I believe the state of Hawaii, has been trying to rule loot boxes as gambling towards children, and they're trying to kind of start putting uh, at least, you know, some sort of legis uh, legislation or or any sort of like meetings between Congress and and other uh, organizations about restricting loot boxes and games, or at least the practice of microtransactions and games games. now again without getting too crazy in the specifics of this this could be a big deal because if things do go through especially in europe that means that star wars battlefront 2 could get banned in those countries uh, that they're actually discussing this and that would be obviously a big deal because that would be restrict the amount of sales that they're able to get from star wars battlefront 2 as well as also here in the united states in the state of hawaii if they were able to do that that would cause a lot of problems and that also sets a precedent for other game companies that have been Uh, kind of dipping their toes a little bit in microtransactions or at least you know trying to implement them into their games uh this is a big deal because if that ends up being the case that means that going forward maybe companies will think uh, a, a second time about actually doing that for some of their games and funny how uh this is all going down in the wake of what's been going on with destiny recently destiny 2 actually had some problems involving their xp uh system You know, and the way that you gain experience in that game. And a lot of people have been saying, you know, that kind of connects to the Eververse stuff and the microtransactions there for the cosmetic uh, content, you know, for your characters. There's a lot going on with microtransactions and loot boxes right now. It's a hot topic of debate and it's causing a lot of rifts in a lot of different places. So we might actually see this start to change up real soon leading into 2018. You know, that might be, you know, lead into like, you know, after the new year, we might actually see some big things go down. But who knows at this point? Right now, everybody's really sensitive about it.
0: Yeah, uh, I believe rightfully so. Uh definitely have a lot of concerns about what's going to happen moving forward. Um so Gary, uh how about you share wh- what are some of your thoughts on how this may uh, uh impact gaming for all of us moving forward?
1: Yeah, um it's important to note like yeah, there there are some countries who would probably, you know, like ban the sale of um those types of games, but um Another important point here is that it might simply just change like if if it 's determined that this is gambling in a lot of countries, it might determine the uh you know the e s the e r uh, s b rating for the game um so you know those games would automatically be labeled as adult only and there's some retailers out there who who don 't even sell games that are about you know gambling because it 's against their policy. So, you know, if there's a, if there's a game or, you know, some sort of virtual, um, gambling experience, they won't, you know, they, they don't want to touch it. They don't want to sell those types of experiences. So if this stuff does go into play, then I think we're going to see loot boxes actually go away from games, you know, cause it's going to be too risky for, um, for the big publishers to, you know, kind of, um, fit their model around that when it's going to have an impact on their sales like jj said so so yeah uh, this is a big deal and you know it's it's interesting that you know all of this is being determined now after star wars that just goes to show it puts into perspective like just how much ea has messed up the game for everyone like because for years this was happening like this was happening on mobiles like you know mobile games and stuff on iphone and android like this has been going on for years and only now is you know this being investigated to this level where you know it might actually um have some sort of regulation in place to govern it and stuff like that um so yes it like ea they really pushed this too far and they did it with a title like star wars where you know they would attract a, a mass audience and everything so yeah like everyone i'm sure there's a lot of studios and publishers out there looking at ea sideways right now because they're they're just you know they're messing up the money right now with this with this whole fiasco but um yeah i think we'll you know if this if all of this does go into play i think we're going to see a big change in the way online games are presented and um you know in the next topic we go to after this i'll have more to say but you know for now i'll just leave it at you know ea messed up the game and uh, this is you know it it's definitely a sensitive issue because i can understand why they they would want to you know label it gambling because you know when you're um when you're trying to charge people money for an item that you know that's completely dependent on chance that can be seen as a form of gambling you know and the thing is gaming is something that's um, highly aimed at youthful people, you know, like teens and children and everything. And we've heard reports of um, people using, you know, kids using their parents' phones and you know racking up a huge bill for like a thousand dollars or something like that in microtransactions. So this is, you know, like you're getting people hooked on these experiences and you're forcing them into buying more and more, you know, virtual items. You know, that might not give them what they want. So it is a form of gambling if you really think about it. But it's just a shame that, you know, it took a manipulation of that system for, you know, uh, these governments to start really looking into it.
2: Keep in mind, I think we should also note that the only reason why this is starting to become a really big deal, like Gary mentioned, is one, because of the Star Wars branding name, because everybody knows Star Wars and anything associated with it is going to get mainstream attention. We have places like the Wall Street Journal, and I believe CNN and MSNBC covering this, as well as a bunch of other places on top of that, that really spread the word of mouth and also gave a really bad impression of everything that was going on. That's why we talked a little bit about the Disney CEO calling the EA CEO, and there like some rumors of that conversation being had at one point because of the, the the brand as well as also just the the optics of everything like that. But also keep in mind the only reason why a lot of countries and a lot of politicians are jumping on this is like what Gary mentioned is because of kids. And I think this hasn't just started with this stuff, you know, ever since the stuff from Shadow of War and and now Star Wars Battlefront and even you can argue to an extent Overwatch. I think this also goes back to some of the stuff that we saw from T Martin and Pro Syndicate with the the Counter-Strike gambling stuff. From from a while back, if you guys remember that, that happened a while ago. I want to say maybe about a little over a year and change ago, may, give or take. But that I feel like that's where a lot of this stuff really started at because that was an instance where it was legit gambling with a lot of the digital goods involving Valve and and a lot of stuff going on with Steam and Counter-Strike. So I think like if they really wanted to make a strong case and really kind of take a hard look at this and make the case that this is kind of gambling towards minors or gambling towards a younger demographic like that, that would be the case really for them to make. And I feel like that's coming very soon. I think this is only going to get a lot harsher and a lot worse as we get into 2018.
0: Very good points. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Dana, so do you have any thoughts on uh, this uh, ongoing controversy with the uh, gambling and loot boxes?
3: It's about time. (laughs) So I'm extremely happy for this. They needed to, to do something because it was only a matter of time that a company would come and take advantage of this situation. It just so happened to be EA and it just so happened to be at such a large scale. I think as was previously said before this is only starting to get attention because this is something that you know affects children and i think that you the government is starting to label this now within the same lines as you know how they market you can't market um certain not serious but certain you know addictive children And I think that this is going to fall into, you know, you can't market gambling to kids as well. So this is where all the controversy is really, you know, starting to take notice. So I'm looking forward to there being some type of regulation on this so that we can enjoy games without, you know, breaking the wallet. We already paid for the game and then now we have to put out more money to basically be able to play the game. So I'm extremely happy for this. I hope they figure it out soon. And I wonder how this overall is going to impact um, Star Wars Battlefront 2, their their sales. I wonder if this is going to be, you know, people are going to be so turned off by it that they won't, you know, go out there and make all the purchases. Or if this is something that, oh, this game is so controversial, so let's buy it anyway. I wonder how it's going to have that impact. But... I'm all for it. It's just a shame that it had to happen this way, but yay.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so I want to ask one last question before we move on to the next topic. Uh, So we spoke about, yeah, it it definitely is bad that all this – well, it it is good that it it does open people's eyes to the situation. But I want to ask this question because, you know, y'all mentioned Star Wars Battlefront 2. We mentioned Destiny 2. Yeah, a lot of these games, they have a little bit of a bad attention now. Well, Star Wars has the worst. But now I want to ask this question. How do you guys feel the response will be if Rockstar decides to do this with Red Dead Redemption 2 next year? Where it comes out, microtransactions are in there. Do you think people are going to complain or are they just going to still buy it because it's Rockstar?
2: They've been doing that with GTA 5 for a while. I mean, at that point, I think that that audience and the people that care about this stuff, especially GTA Online, which in this case, I guess, would be Red Dead Online. I don't think they're really going to care because that's been something that's been going on. It hasn't been a problem for a long time. Now, keep in mind, also, as much as the people complain about this, we've talked about this on the co-op before, people complain about this, but look at the numbers that these places are generating. Like, there were stats, I believe it was published by Activision, uh, and and I think also by Rockstar at one point, about how much money they've been making off of microtransactions. So. For some companies, I feel like it's not going to affect too much. Maybe they'll be a little bit cautious in the way that they present it. Because again, I feel like this is all an optics issue. This is all about the presentation of all this. And I feel like companies could still have this type of practice or have this type of setup and design implemented to their games, as long as it's not shown to the public and not shown to the consumer as being predatory. And I feel like Maybe that's where EA got a little bit careless, where uh, you know, putting it out there, especially in the wake of what happened with Shadow of War and a couple of the other games that came out earlier this year, uh, that ended up just putting a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And then EA just was baking more on the Star Wars brand, overshadowing everything else. That's what I feel like is the case. And with Red Dead and Rockstar, I think everybody gives Rockstar a pass on a lot of this stuff. Or I don't think they really talk about it as much because it never seems predatory to consumers especially with all the time that GTA online has been around and all the content that they've implemented on there and all the stuff that you could buy with real world money. I have yet to see like any articles really complaining about GTA five online or just Grand the Auto online in general, in the way that we've seen it from other places and other games more recently now.
0: Cool. Yeah, no, very good points all around. So, uh, yeah, Gary, do you have any thoughts now?
1: Yeah, great points made there, um, and that's a great question as well, by the way. And I, I want to shout out um, BG from the Weapon Wheel because you know he actually made some great points, you know, um, this week about this this very topic. Um, and gamers can be hypocrites because you know gamers have turned a blind eye to a lot of you know games who have uh, microtransactions directly tied to the gameplay. And you know, the online elements. Um, and you know, some of the games that he named are Uncharted, you know, Uncharted Um 4 and uh yeah, Uncharted Four. And some of these other games, you know, like GTA Online, you know, they they have microtransactions that are tied to your progression in the game and the gameplay itself. So yeah, um sometimes gamers do turn a blind eye. And I feel like with the EA thing, everybody just kind of wanted to have their voice heard. So they kind of, you know, um, they joined in on bashing EA and everything, even though they kind of overlooked the fact that they've probably bought microtransactions like that themselves, you know, in the past. Um, But yeah, I mean, as for Red Dead Redemption, um, I feel like they will have some level of microtransactions, I think you know in the midst of this news they might make some changes so that it's not as you know it's a bit more subtle maybe um you know maybe it would just be like hey you can um you can spend real money to earn coins and you know with these coins you can have access to all these you know other guns if you want to you know they probably won't make it be as in your face you know as um they have done before or you know as other games and stuff like that but um, they'll probably just make it seem like a side option kind of thing, even though you know that you're going to log on um, probably day one and there's going to be like mad people in the game with the best guns. You know, somehow they got rocket launchers, even though it's a Western and stuff like that, you know, like they're going to have crazy weapons and they're going to murder you. So, yeah. um, I, th- I think Rockstar will automatically get that pass because they're slick with it. They're a bit more subtle than EA was.
0: Yeah, uh, rock star and, and 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 uh and uh Overwatch, Activision, um, Activision Blizzard, the cosmetic stuff. Hey, we'll we'll see. Um, yeah, Dana, did you have any other thoughts you wanted to add before we wrap up this topic?
3: No, just as was previously said people love to complain, but I bet you that when it's time for release date, people will run and, and buy it. So. Yeah. It, people have to speak with their wallets instead of you know speaking with your voice is great, but the wallet is what really counts
0: absolutely, yeah, I agree a hundred percent uh i'd be mean, I'll be very curious to see uh what comes from all of this. I know the Star Wars thing was a huge deal, and then Disney got involved, that made it an even bigger deal so um I'm curious to see what this means for the future of games, but yeah, as you pointed out, Gary. I also saw that video by BG. Yeah, that was an awesome video, and I agree with everything he said as well. Uh, Yeah, people will still buy. Um, I know I'm still going to buy all these games coming out next year. I am going to buy a majority of them at some point. I don't know if I'm going to buy them at launch, like I said earlier, but I am going to buy a majority of them. Some one day, one, others that's going to have to wait. But uh, if they have microtransactions, it is what it is. I mean, people will have a choice as to whether or not they want to spend that additional money, but yeah, it's just to know that uh, I'm. I'm just very curious to see how all this is handled moving forward. Yeah, but uh, if that's it. I think we'll move on to the next topic. Uh, um,
1: I did have one more question, just to bounce off of uh, this one, real quick. Oh
0: sure, sure, go ahead.
1: Yeah, so since we're you know already talking Star Wars two and stuff, um, uh, yeah, so there was there was a, a, a discussion floating around in the coalition, you know, chat this week and. Um, you know it, it's there's rumors out there that Disney might be considering you know taking away the license for Star Wars from EA so uh, you know obviously that would be a big deal and that would be a big loss for EA so I wanted to ask you guys if that ever happens which publisher do you think should you know have the rights to Star Wars
0: very good question <laughs> man um I don't know if I want to be the first to answer that. I have to think about that a little bit more. Do you guys have any thoughts as to who you would want to pick up that license if this happens? Because I don't really know if it's actually going to happen.
2: I don't think it will happen. I don't think Disney, one, is that petty. And two, I don't think that this has caused that much harm to really have those types of conversations at this point. Like, obviously, again, like we mentioned before, the rumor about the, the two execs having that phone call about pulling the microtransactions from it. But I don't think it's to the point where... You know they're completely going to back out business with with EA at this point. But I mean, if by some whatever reason that actually happened, uh, I would actually say go to a company or go to a publisher that knows how to make flight games because, granted. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff, obviously, with with the ground assaults and everything else that's been going on, and a lot of the, the the different types of like you know traditional battles that we've seen from the Star Wars universe. I think that we're severely lacking in a flight game set in the Star Wars universe, like a Rogue Squadron or a Tie Fighter, and I feel like you could go to a couple different people. Or a couple different publishers, and actually be able to create those games while still search out for another publisher, or even work still with EA to create like another Battlefront or another type of Star Wars game. Like I would love to see them go to the Bandai Namco people to go do something for like you know Star Wars, uh, like Rogue Squadron or a new reimagining of Rogue Squadron, because I feel like you know Ace Combat is is like the type of style of game that I would envision that style even though i love the flight controls in battlefront 2 that's where i could see like you know something kind of like you know an arcade machine being made like that or even again a console game being made like that but that's that's my shot in the dark i I really don't think it's going to get to that point though
1: that that's actually a great suggestion the you know star wars flight game that would be great especially if it was like vr as well that would be incredible
0: yeah i agree That, that, that is a good one um All right. If I was to make a guess, I, first and foremost, I do agree with with what Mr. Lugo said. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I think it would take a couple more, a couple more mistakes by EA to really, you know, have them lose the license. But um, if I was to make a guess, uh, this is just a totally random guess as to anyone that I will want to see them pick up this license. There's at least one studio that I know at least, Well, for a while, you know, they didn't really get a lot of shine until not too long ago, a couple of years ago. But if there's one studio that I think I'll be very curious to see how they handle the Star Wars license, it would probably be CD Projekt Red. Uh, Because they did such a great job with The Witcher. I know they're working on uh, the cyberpunk game right now. Um, But again, these are franchises that they you know, some of this stuff has already been established that they are also trying to do more original stuff. So I'll be curious to see how they would handle something that is being given to them that, you know, is not necessarily anything that they created just to see what they would do with that could be because I know open world games, they have a, a good pedigree with the open world stuff with the Witcher. So I'll be curious to see how they would handle something like that. But again, I don't believe that it's going to happen. Uh, because again, as I said, EA they would have to make a lot of mistakes with a lot of more Star Wars games in, in this particular deal before that license ever, you know, before they ever lose the license. But that's just my opinion. Um, yeah. Uh, how about you, Dana? You have any uh thoughts? I believe that you did make a comment on this when we had a, the discussion in the chat.
3: <laughs> I do not remember that comment, but I will. <laughs> um i don't know i think i like i like your um choice the best okay because my something corny would be something that the people who did um disney infinity but avalanche is no longer around they're now warner brothers and that's definitely not happening
2: i think you can still get that style of game though like that's the thing i i feel like disney is very open-minded with DAO, they kind of like allow different people to use the star Wars license because number one, we didn't expect back then when we heard EA was going to get the license to do both. I still think you could go to different uh, publishers and still get different types of games. Like I, I still believe at some point within the next like couple of years, we could get a star Wars RPG. That, that would be similar to Knights of the Old Republic. I, I feel like there's still a fan base and an audience there that not only would somebody be able to hear that type of demand, but also somewhere in that company, somebody has to be having those conversations because I'm pretty sure some of those people are also fans of those style of games, or at least some of the more unorthodox style of uh, Star Wars games, like the Jedi Outcast, like the, uh, maybe not the the, the, the what is it the fighting game that was back on PS1, but like, you, you understand what I'm saying. Like, you know, away from like, the traditional shooter style of game, I feel like you know we could still have that happen realistically because Star Wars is such a big brand. But again, right now it's 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 unexpected right now to at least see what what could go down. I don't think it's that as bad. Like I said, I don't think it's going to get to that point where EA is going to be dropped out of it to to not make Star Wars games anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Very good points all around. I, yeah, I agree. I, the EA will never lose the license. I mean, I, I mean, they could, they could lose it at some point, but it ain't gonna happen now. Um, I was going to just make a quick comment and say this. I know uh, several, several years ago. I mean, I can't really tell you exactly when. I know in the past that EA did try to purchase Take Two to get their hands on Grand Theft Auto. I am so glad that that did not happen. Uh, I don't want them messing up Grand Theft Auto. And I believe they also tried to purchase Ubisoft also. So I'm glad that they did not, were unsuccessful on both of those ventures because uh, I don't trust them uh, taking control of these other studios and the stuff they're working on. But uh, as for Battlefront, I mean, we'll just have to see what happens with that. But uh, hey, Disney, they, they can afford to, they 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 could be smart about the decisions that they decide to make. So if they decide that they want to give that license to someone else, I mean, that's on them. But I don't think it's going to happen with EA. We'll just have to see what happens. But, uh, <laughs> okay, any final thoughts on this topic before we move on to the next? No, I'm good. All right, Gary, so – uh, I'm going to give the floor to you right now because this was the other part of this discussion you wanted to have uh, regarding video games and the fact that uh, we have to ask the question of: should we be, should we be paying more for the games that we currently have? So, Gary, you can start this topic off where this okay. came from.
1: Yeah, so an analyst, um, you know, wrote a report earlier this week that was heavily publicized. And um, he suggested that the reason we're seeing this level of microtransactions and DLC in video games is because we're not actually paying enough for the video games themselves. So uh, that's why, you know, publishers feel like they have to um, slap on all these additional costs, you know, for the content and everything because we're not actually paying enough upfront, you know, um, considering the games have large budgets and um, there's, you know, huge staff of, of people that need to be paid for their work and everything like that and they have a lot of upkeep to take care of um yeah so he was suggesting that people should be paying more for video games and that would possibly cut down on you know some of uh the micro transactions and dlc and stuff like that so i definitely wanted to ask you guys if that's something you agree with and should we be paying more up front for our video games
0: Very good question. Uh, How about, Mr. Lugo, you start us off.
2: Uh, uh, Here's the thing. It's a complicated issue because that's been an argument for a while. I mean, for years at this point. Uh, Now in this day and age, there's a lot of different places, and people have talked about it before, where we're paying the cheapest technically for games right now. And, you know, technically we should be paying more especially with all the different types of work and the amount of teams and all this other kind of like other factors that don't really have anything to do with the consumer is kind of like their justification for wanting to pay more than $60, like that $80, $90, or $100 price tag for for most games. Now, here's the thing. In some cases, we kind of do, especially with the DLC, the season passes, and the additional stuff that sometimes comes, you know, afterwards or maybe around the release and maybe later on for some of these games. But again, like I mentioned earlier, a lot of this ends up being an optics issue because how are you really going to sell or really get behind a product telling a customer now these days that you have to pay $100 to play our game? And we really believe that. A lot of companies won't get behind that. And the reason being is because when you tell somebody, hey, you got to pay $100 for this product, you have to pay $100 for this gaming experience. And this, this is what we believe is what you're going to get your money's worth or whatnot. They could eat just as easily now these days say like, oh, well, that, that's a lot. You know, you could scare them off and you could cause them to look elsewhere and get involved with another experience that's way cheaper. And that's not even getting into the whole used game market stuff. That's not even getting into the indie scene and everything else that ends up playing a factor into this. Again, it's very complicated. A lot of it has to do with confidence in the company's product. Like I feel like CD Projekt Red will be that company that will be like, oh, okay, you guys got to come out and pay $100 for our game. Why? Because we make The Witcher. And The Witcher 4 is going to be amazing. Or Cyberpunk Cyberpunk 2099 is going to be phenomenal. And you know you're going to get a phenomenal game. So we're going to charge you $100 for it. Like I feel like they're a type of company that could get away with something like that. And even maybe to an extent Rockstar, that's a little bit of a stretch. But even then, I feel like those companies won't do it because it kind of scares off the customer a little bit. And it actually puts a bad taste in their mouth before they even get their product in their hands. Because they're they're going to start coming up with all other types of questions, and that's before other factors. Again, you you can even throw in social media into the mix, you know, and, and have uh, have that be part of the conversation and kind of like a negative conversation, which you, which is what you don't want with your product when you put it on the market, especially that first release or that first month that it's out there. So it's it's a very very thin thin line to walk. I mean, you could you want to be confident and you want to be able. To, to to show confidence in your product, and you want to be able to make money, which is what these companies want to do. They want to make money. They have mouths to feed, they have families to support, they have companies to sustain. That's true, but at the same time, you also have to do right by the customer. You have to be able to entice the customer enough where you feel like you're being you're you're fairly charging them for a quality product, and you're at the same time you're not you're not going to the point where you're you're going to make them feel like you're just reaching deep into their product. Uh, Was it their pockets? Even though sometimes we kind of joke a little bit how some companies like EA and other companies like are like that with the whole microtransaction stuff. But if we're just talking straight uh, was a straight clear cut uh, price tag right off the, the shelf and any sort of retail or like a GameStop or anything like that, Then I feel like $60, it seems more kind of like the best compromise at this point. Now these days, are we paying significantly less than what it usually should be for companies in order to sustain themselves? You know, that could be debated.
0: Yeah. Very good points. Um, I do have two points that I wanna make, but before I do that, Dana, do you have any thoughts or do you think that we're paying uh too little for some of these games, or we should be paying more? I believe you're you're muted, Dana. Sorry. <laughs> No, that's fine. So
3: I had a little difficulty.
0: No problem. So so do you, you, you have th- any do you have yeah yeah do, do you have any thoughts on uh, that you think we should be paying more for the games we currently play or do you think do uh, the the pricing it's is right? Question.
3: We pay enough. And yeah, you pay that flat rate of $60 and then you're playing for season passes and DLC and more content and whatever thing that they want to tag on, you know, a year or two later. So we pay enough as it is. If the thing would, that would be more interesting would be, should we start playing paying a flat fee for all th- for all the games in the sense of we get all the season passes, all of the tie-ins, all of DLC, D- DLC whatever, and we just play a, f- a flat rate for that. But then again, you have to also question: Are all games equal? Of that, you know that same price if you have say battlefront 2 and you have all of that content and then you have say sonic forces you're gonna feel like you're being cheapened out of the money that you spent with battle forces i mean battlefield oh gosh battlefront 2 then sonic forces so I think that the price what we're paying right now is good, and I think that it gives us an option of whether or not we even want that extra content. Sometimes we get that extra content, and it's complete crap, so I like it how it is right now
0: hey, that's a good that's a good question, yeah, man say may I say that that's a good that's a good response uh so I have two things that i I wanna mention real quick. I don't know if this is gonna branch off into another part of this discussion. But um, regarding the pricing uh, structure, um, yeah, I, I, I do feel the point that was made that Dana made right on the money about, you know, the value of the game, you know, because I could tell you there's a lot of games that I played in the past where I would tell you this game is not worth the $60 price in my mindset. Take, for example, Titanfall. When I reviewed the original Titanfall game, and this is a game, there is no single-player campaign. It's just straight-up multiplayer. It's fine, but a lot of these games it doesn't really feel like it's a lot of content. And this is a game where I could tell you it's a fun game. It was a great game to play, but would I have paid full price for it? Absolutely not. Because to me, it didn't really think that the value wasn't there. Now, fast forward to the present time, and I've been playing a game called Cuphead. You know, a game that it has so much content, the game is only twenty dollars. And I'm like, now that's the instance where I definitely would have paid more for that game. Uh, because it felt like, you know, you could tell all the time that was spent creating the game. It makes sense. But again, you know, in some cases, again, you know, the pricing structure is different. Uh, I don't have a problem with the $60 price. I I can say that there definitely are some games that you definitely deserve more money, but, um, it it is something that could definitely be debated because, you know, there are some, some instances where that may not necessarily be true. So on and so forth. Um, one thing that I did want to bring up, uh, and this is, I think it's still on topic to some degree. I had a discussion with my friend last night because I actually visited him. Uh, and He was playing uh, Mario on the Switch. Um, and we had a quick discussion about, you know, the fact that the cartridges, you know, Nintendo has made it very clear that for the cartridges, uh, they, they would charge a little bit more because of the fact that you have the physical copy of the game. Well, the question I have is why is the digital the same price as the physical? Uh, because, you know, $60, I mean, you, you're downloading the game. You don't have the cartridge, so I don't understand why you're paying the same price. But, I I mean, that's something that I don't really – I don't have an answer for. I just think it's a little interesting. But overall um, – some games, I think they definitely, maybe the $60 can be seen as is too low of a price because depending on what the actual game is, I mean, that's up for debate. But uh, as of right now, I don't have a problem with the price that we are paying for some of these games because some of the games, you know, if it doesn't have a lot of content in it or if it's an unfinished game, and if we go back, right back to Battlefront 2, you know, I did hear that the content that they are releasing is actually more story content. So, I didn't play the campaign, and Mr. Lugo, maybe you can answer this question, but is the campaign complete when you actually finish it, or does it feel like there's more?
2: Hell no. Like, I, I could answer that real quickly. It, it ends on a cliffhanger, <laughs> and I even said that in my review One of my biggest issues and what should have been one of the biggest pulls for Battlefront 2 since it was the biggest piece of criticism that we had about the first Battlefront should have been the campaign. And it feels like an incomplete campaign because of the extra DLC, the content coming afterwards. But also there's a lot of other issues that just pop up throughout it. And even then, I have to say this, and I didn't really talk about it in my review because it wasn't really kind of like part of the review itself as a Star Wars fan. There's a lot of confusing stuff that happens. And again, I'm not going to get into too much spoilers, but that, that adds on a whole bunch of other problems and other issues that people, once they figure out and once they kind of like really kind of get away from everything else and really take a hard look at it, it's going to cause some other problems and discussions that are going to pop up.
0: Yeah, hey, I believe that. But yeah, that, I mean, that, that's the whole point is, uh, you know, some of the games, you know, they're not technically finished. You're still getting content that's being added in later. And that was another issue with Titanfall. You know, there was plenty of stuff that wasn't in the original game that they added after the fact. And that made me think to myself, why didn't you just add all this other stuff and then release the game when it was done? But obviously, you know, it was about, well, we got to get this stuff out. We got to get this game out immediately. You know, EA was in charge at that point of that. So they said, get this game out immediately. And a lot of these higher-ups, the ex, the the executives, so on and so forth, the people that make these decisions, they say, we got to get the game out immediately. I know uh, Gary, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda, that's a game where he could say, yeah, they probably should have released that later when everything was up to snuff. But again, just these decisions that were made. Uh, So, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, go ahead. Go ahead, Gary.
1: Yeah, you're completely right. You know What you guys said is completely... Completely correct, um, because that, that's one of my concerns. Like, say it gets to a point where we have to start paying, you know, eighty to a hundred dollars for a video game. Um, there's a few concerns I I would have with that because, like you guys highlighted, we pay sixty dollars right now, and a lot of the games aren't even worth that, you know, with, with what we get. So, I don't think paying more for a video game would necessarily mean that the games get better or we get more content from them because you know once that threshold does go up and we're paying more like you gotta remember that you know these publishers you know they're they're some of them are corporations and you know in business it's always a priority to make sure that you're you're um you're spending you know the less the least amount of money possible and making the most amount possible so just because we're we we the consumer are paying more it doesn't mean that they're going to make the moves to you know in in like make anything better they're probably just gonna you know make a make the same thing they're already making with you know the 60 dollar games and and then you know we'll just be paying more for it so they'll be making more money um but yeah like that's a legit concern like i don't think anything would actually get better and i think the companies would actually get a bit too comfortable with you know making that much money and we'd probably still get dlc as well anyway you know they'd probably still be doing these other things to manipulate us further and get more money out of us even though we're already paying more anyway um and you know at least with dlc and loot boxes you know although um, they have been manipulating the loot box system a lot in games these days at least there's a choice there you know so you can buy a game for 60 dollars, and then it's your choice if you actually want to spend more money on it you know if you if you actually want to give them more money so you have a chance to actually play the game and experience it and decide whether you actually want to put more money into it or not so obviously if you love the game you're probably going to want to You know buy the dlc to happen yeah whether it's to see what happens next in the story or just because you want to support the you know the developer which i sometimes do with a lot of indie games or mmos and stuff like that like sometimes i'll just you know like guild wars 2 for example i bought um so one time i bought gems in the game just because you know i'd been playing it for like a hundred hours or something and you know, I, I just wanted to kind of give a thank you to the developers, you know, Arena Net. So, you know, I just bought gems in the game for no reason at all, just because I felt that they deserved it for providing all that content and they're such a small team and stuff. So it should always be a choice. Like I think as consumers, we'll we'll be more appreciative if you know we do have that choice and if the game is actually good quality and we enjoy it, you know, and we're passionate about it. You know, um, I think at that point, there's usually nothing wrong with us wanting to pay more for more content because we love it so much. Um, So, yeah, like they should be letting us decide that because we do have to abide by a filtering process, you know, as consumers, like, because not every game is worth it. So uh, that's another thing that would happen as well like you would have to be a lot more selective about the games you you do buy if the if the price went up and i feel like people would be buying games much less overall because of that so that's another issue that would arise in the industry like video game sales might go down if they put the price up like that cuz people would buy less games like cuz they would they would probably only wait for you know, uh the few games that they're really looking forward to and they probably wouldn't take any chances with games that, you know, um that are are getting a lot of publicity or, you know, are being talked about or, or games that they're not that familiar with, you know, they, they wouldn't they probably wouldn't take a chance with it because, you know, it's so expensive. So they would just stick to what they know and stick to, you know, maybe some online games that they can continue to grind. Um and, yeah, I think sales overall would go down. So, yeah, those are a few of my concerns on what would happen if the price went up. I think 60 is a good amount for a consumer to pay. I think that's fair, considering what we've been getting.
0: Good points. Yeah, very good points all around. So uh, any final comments to make before we move on to the next uh topic? Okay, so uh the next topic we're gonna discuss is uh this is one that I, I must admit, you know, uh when I heard the news about this and to know that it's going down very soon, makes me very concerned for how this is going to impact us. Well, it impacts everybody, but also to impact uh gamers especially. Uh, and that is net neutrality. Um, so Gary, I, I believe that you have something you wanted to say, just to give people an idea of of exactly what this is, if they haven't heard about it. But I'm pretty sure if you've been watching the news, you know exactly what we're talking about. So Gary, please feel free to uh, share your insight as to what this is exactly and how it can impact gamers.
1: Yeah, so um, a a lot of the cable companies, and I guess, you know, the the governing bodies, you know, in in the States and everything, they want to kind of push this anti-net neutrality, you know, um, bill. And uh, the the aim is to put power back into the hands of the cable companies and stuff like that and the internet service providers um, so that they would have control over, you know, the content that you have access to, you know, with your internet and everything. So they can restrict websites they can, um, you know, they, they can throttle services like Netflix so that, you know, you can't access them without paying a little extra. Like you would have to probably pay the cable company more if you want to access these services. And then on the back end, you know, companies like, like Netflix would probably have to pay the, com- the cable companies as well so that their service would even be available, you know. And this trickles down to gaming too because they could do the very same thing with your online gaming, you know, your Xbox Live or PSN, or, you know, the the Nintendo Switch service and everything, like they can restrict that if they wanted to. And, you know, that's a big problem, because we should, like, you know, everyone should have the freedom to use the services that they want to online, as, as long as you're not doing anything illegal, then, you know, you should be able to, you know, access these things. And, I think it's it's wrong. It's completely wrong to block access to websites and stuff like that. Um, and we know that the you know the cable companies are mad because um, services like Netflix and you know um, uh, I forgot the name of the other one, but yeah, companies like Le- Netflix are taking away money from them because they're giving us all this content that we legit want to see. And more and more people are are thinking you know what, why am I paying for cable? Like, why am I paying for these channels? You know, like, I should just watch stuff on Netflix and Hulu and Amazon and, you know, all these uh, different services. So the the cable companies are salty like that uh, because of that. And, you know, they want to take control of the internet and, you know, restrict what you actually have access to unless you pay them. So this is their way of, you know, taking control back and um, making sure that, you know, more people or then, you know, be watching cable instead. So, yeah, this, this affects a lot of gamers because not only can they restrict gaming access, but also, you know, a lot of gamers are nerds like us, and we're into stuff like Netflix and, you know, Hulu and Amazon. And, you know, we're into, you know, um, the more kind of indie content, if you will, um, and independent content services and stuff like that. And, yeah, I think whenever you have a government or you know uh, organizations like that who are in control of what you see on the internet i think that's a bad thing anyway because um everyone should have access to you know the things that you know they need to know and like you should have access to knowledge even you know like and if they're going to go out of their way to restrict websites and stuff like that i think that's a very bad thing for the education of humanity you know like people should have access to whatever they need, you know, as long as it's not illegal, like I said. But yeah, um very big issue. I'm sure um Dana and JJ also have some thoughts on it as well. But there is a website that um you guys can go to in the US. It's called battle for the battleforthenet.com. So you can go there and it has a form where you can um you can type in you know what state you're in and everything like that and it will send uh, like a um, a letter or email or something to, you know, your local governing body, you know, in each state. And then, you know, uh, you can try and fight this bill going through. So I think everyone should do that, you know, take the time to do that because um, this is something that's going to affect all of us, you know, even the coalition, this could affect the coalition. So, yeah.
0: I agree. Uh, let me just make a quick comment uh, and then I'm on to, get JJ's opinion. Um, I, 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 I sensed that Comcast knows that we were having this discussion because while you were talking, literally, I started having issues with my internet. Um, so now everything is fine, but, uh, I don't know what the hell is going on. Uh, Mr. Lugo, do you have any thoughts?
2: I mean, Gary pretty much summed it up pretty well, but here's the thing. There's many parts to this, and it's been an ongoing thing that's been happening for, I want to say, the last couple of years because there's been stuff in the news that I remember reading about one of the big problems with this and, and why net neutrality is so important is because technically the cable companies or the ISPs could hold businesses hostage And the way they do that is that they'll be able to slow down and speed up certain businesses based on preference, usually based on if a company pays a premium. So a lot of the smaller startup companies, a lot of the companies like even the Coalition you know, as a a smaller media outlet compared to other uh, outlets out there, or even just companies that just want to use the internet and use a website to sell off their products because they can only pay so much. And because they're not like multi-million dollar companies out there, they'll kind of get stuck in the mud, you know, with lackluster internet speeds or just lackluster connections. And it creates this disparage, this inequality amongst people online, you know, from surfing the internet, from being able to exchange information and all this different type of stuff. So that's the real issue here. It, it gets a little bit more complicated with the way that it's explained in a, a number of different sources, including the website that Gary talked about. Uh, was it battleforthenet.com? Basically where the, the legislation that's being pushed right now is to change the internet as a utility from, I believe it's a tier three to a tier two, which would make it so that way the government doesn't have the ability to stop companies from doing that sort of thing, to stop them from actually regulating the speeds at which people are able to connect to the internet or more specifically for businesses that it really affects businesses out there a lot. You know, it places for specifically kind of like Netflix, you know, cause that was the big example used before, but for the common person, this would be the first step towards something even worse which would be not only just the inequality in internet connections which you'll be able to, you'll have to pay more if stuff like this goes down which looks like it's going to but also this is the first steps towards companies or ISPs blocking out specific websites from you looking at them at all so it's not just like the bad stuff or not stuff like porn or not stuff like you know things that you would expect you know people to kind of raise an eyebrow at but like even just their competition, you know, other websites like AT and T and Comcast, even though they're not really in competition like that, they're kind of in cahoots and kind of like a pseudo monopoly, not monopoly. Uh, and the same thing also for any other types of like better alternatives. So imagine, okay, Google Fiber, right? People, Google Fiber, people have been trying to push for that to get posted around the United States all over the place, including out in California, which is where they're really pushing that. Imagine not being able to be able to see any information about that or be able to visit their website if you live on the east coast because it's pretty much dominated by Comcast and they don't want their competition being spreaded around or giving people alternatives because they obviously want you to stay uh stay more with Comcast or they want you to depend on them it's kind of like that now to an extent without the really the censorship or re- without really the the companies being able to do something as crazy as like that but you know it's still primarily dominated over here on the east coast by places like Comcast Xfinity etc but overall uh, as far as gaming is concerned. Gary and Rich are right. It is going to affect our ability to play games online, which adds a whole nother layer of problems on top of what we already have now at this point. The United States is kind of behind a lot of countries, specifically Japan and in places in Europe with the, the quality of internet connection that they have out there, not just because uh, it's a smaller country, Japan specifically, but also in the way that they built their lines. I believe it's in Japan, the, co- the, the government has control of like how the internet connections are built how the internet and the, and the power lines and stuff like that are built as well as also being able to make it readily available to the general public. So you could like walk around Tokyo and get free internet, free wifi that's regulated by the, by the federal government that allows you just to freely just get connected to it. And there's no like crazy restrictions, like what we were mentioning before. We don't really have that here in the United States. We only have like certain places, like in certain cities that offer something like that and offer it in such like a free open basis like that. But this type of stuff that what they're pushing now would totally kill that. That would kill any sort of possibility like that whatsoever. And it's a shame because a lot of this is mostly due to agendas that don't have the people's best interest in mind. It's really about not only people that are already rich and already controlling a large sum of money, getting even more richer, but also trying to push out everybody else in order to keep them in a position that they're comfortable with. And that sucks. We see a lot of that in politics now, but with something like this, that it's going to really affect everybody, especially YouTube. Imagine if any of these companies get really pissed off at YouTube, you know, because of like the whole piracy thing and a lot of the other political uh, stances and political opinions that are being thrown out there in places like YouTube and other social media, imagine all of a sudden that, that they start slowing down YouTube. Or imagine if they start making it much more difficult for people to access YouTube, to access Twitter, to access Instagram, to access Facebook, you know, because of varying different opinions and other stuff that has nothing to do with really what, what's at the heart of the issue. That would suck. And that's what we're starting to see at least the first rumblings about. I think this is only going to get worse too. Like I'm a little bit more of the pessimist when it comes to a lot of these type of topics when we talk about it. But I feel like this is going to be something that next year, if not in 2019, we're also going to see get worse before it gets any better. If it gets any better in the first place. I feel like a lot of people need to talk about it more. We need to have a lot more YouTubers, even though we have a lot of YouTubers and content creators that are speaking out about this. We need to have even more people. We have to have people a lot more aggressively talking about it and putting it out there so people take action and stop talking about it. If you understand what I'm saying, you know, it's one thing to talk about. It's one thing to make people aware about stuff, but you got to encourage people to take more action. You, know, you got to take action yourself. You got to guide people sometimes into taking action in order to make some real change happen.
0: I agree. hundred percent. Absolutely. Uh, Dana, you have any thoughts on net neutrality?
3: Um, I think it's very unfortunate, but I think that, you know, we're going to start slowly losing rights anyway. So. Sorry to be the Debbie Downer.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... Wait, elaborate on
1: that. Uh-oh.
0: Well, go ahead.
3: <laughs> what do you mean? It's not. It's going to pass, and we're going to just, you know, have to suffer with it.
1: I don't I hope not.
3: Well, I'm, I'm like 90% sure. Yeah, they
0: said December 7th. It, it will get signed. So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see what happens as a result of this. I mean, I, I agree with pretty much everything that all three of you have already said. So I don't really have too much more to add to it. Just it's important that we definitely spread the word uh, as Gary said, the website battle for the uh, we'll leave a link in the actual post for this as well. But definitely should voice your opinion, voice your concerns. And, you know, we, we definitely have to be prepared for what could happen. Uh, but I, it is, I, I do believe it will pass, as Dana said. I mean, it's, I have no doubt about that. So you just have to prepare. You know, this is very much too similar to what happened with the election. We have to live with that now. You know, a lot of people may disagree. Uh, pretty sure a lot of people disagree with what happened with that. But listen, we have to live with it now. It's 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 done. It's in the past just have to see what happens moving forward in the future and be prepared for whatever happens as a result of these decisions that were made. So um, hopefully I will say, hopefully all this stuff makes people wake up and more aware to their surroundings. Uh, That's the most important thing that you should take away from all of this, but uh, we'll see what happens.
1: Um, Yeah. So I I, want to say this as well. I want to ask this question um, specifically to Dana. Um, But you guys, you know, also answer as well. But um, we know that, you know, this is going to impact Netflix heavy, you know, not just Netflix, but a lot of, you know, um, distribution platforms, you know, content platforms and stuff like that. But, you know, this in combination with Disney setting up their own streaming service now um, and, you know, Disney already does like they, they do a lot with the media, they, they own ESPN. So they have a lot of power already. So do you think that, you know, um, Netflix is going to be able to sustain themselves, you know, with Disney entering the streaming game and with this whole, you know, anti net neutrality bill coming along?
3: No, just, if you take away all of the Disney and Marvel content alone, aside from like say black mirror, what else do you really have? Not that much. So no, it's unfortunate. And even if the whole net neutrality thing was to work out for the best, they don't really have that, that content that you know people are, are running to. It's usually all of the Marvel shows, which they won't have, or House of Cards, which we all know that debacle. So not really.
1: Man. Kevin Spacey messed up everything.
3: Kevin Spacey, It's all Kevin Kevin Spacey and Harvey Weinstein fault. It's his fault, Harvey Weinstein.
2: Well, I, in all honesty, I mean, I think there's a little bit more there that's offered by Netflix that people that just just doesn't get a lot of shine because I, I think that people focus on really what's the trendy thing like right now. You know, between the Marvel shows, the House of Cards stuff, obviously Stranger Things, and you know, you get those shows that are really the pull towards Netflix as a service like that, but I still think that there's still more that's offered there besides the documentaries, besides the other original series that they have on there, some of which doesn't get a lot of shine because maybe it's not up to the same quality, as well as also just the the ease of use of the offering of the shows and the the movies that they have on there that's readily available for people, a little bit more better so than a lot of the other services, including Hulu, including Amazon Prime Video, including even YouTube to an extent. You know, There's still some value there. I just feel like Again, Netflix and, and a couple other companies are going to get the brunt of this or at least going to be kind of thrust into the spotlight and almost be a little bit kind of like the punching bag for when this stuff starts to go down because they're so popular. And if it's obviously going to make an impact with a lot of people when those types of services are, are affected. I think it's going to get even worse when you start seeing places like other social media, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Periscope start to get affected, especially when things start to become a little bit more politically charged at some point. I think that's when this stuff is really going to get bad. I mean, we've already got some of that now, not to get too much into politics. As you guys know, I don't really like talking politics all that much, but I feel like that's when things get at its worst because of, of, again, people wanting to push one way or another, whether it's for an agenda, whether it's for a result, an outcome, or just for the sake of being right or being on the right side. That's when I feel like things will get really bad with all this.
0: I agree. Um, one comment that I want to make also, um, I believe that in, you know, as we have seen in business and pretty much throughout history, any company that goes through certain things, they have to basically, they have to pivot and make a change. Um, so obviously, yeah, as you all mentioned, Netflix would be impacted by this heavily. Uh, I think that the fact that Netflix is offering on so many platforms and the fact that it has a lot of different content, I mean, they obviously will have to come up with other shows that they can put out there. We know that they're capable of doing that because they got, like you like said, Stranger Things is on there. House of Cards, yeah, it's over. That's, that's finished, done. They can have spinoffs from it, and maybe that will still gain some type of popularity, but pretty much they have to pivot and think of other different shows to have. what I'm saying is because they are on so many platforms, on so many devices, I'm pretty sure that they will still have an audience. They just have to figure out how to keep that audience engaged and how to keep the service going amidst all these changes. Uh, Pretty much everybody's going to have to do that when these things happen. You know, Massive changes like this, you have to think to yourself, well, how can I change and still uh, add value to my audience and get my product out there. So everybody's going to have to think about these things. But Netflix, I think they'll still be okay depending on the, the, the decisions that they make moving forward. Now, Stranger Things is still a very popular show. We already know that they're going to have another season of that. So that's one thing you can say that's great. They still have these other deals with these other shows that, you know, the show may be right now on TV, the current season, but you still have access to the other seasons prior to that. So, I mean, it depends. It depends. But, yeah, they will be impacted when uh, Disney decides to do its own thing. But at the, same, at the other end of that, Disney, I think, would also be impacted as well and face their own challenges with, this, with all this stuff that when it, once it goes down. I mean, it's going to impact everybody. Um, so it's all a matter of what are these companies going to do to try and make the situation still work in their favor. And we'll have to see how all that pans out. But um, no doubt about it, when the bill does get passed, you know, because, I mean, the current plan for the administration is to undo everything that was done by the previous president. So it's going to happen. Um, and as as J.J. said, you know, I don't like talking about politics uh, that much either, but uh, I'm very curious to see what happens as a result of all of this. But we don't really know right now. We just have to wait and see. Um that's all I was going to say on the matter. I don't know if, Gary, you had anything else you uh, was going to add or or say.
1: Uh, not too much, really. But, you know, I just want to say, like, you know, I, I want to be the ultimate pessimist and be like, you know, last year we had Brexit. We had Trump. And now this year it looks like, you know, we're going to have this, you know, like we're going to have people controlling our Internet access. And it's very unfortunate. So uh, I would just urge everyone in the U.S. to, you know, visit that that website, battleforthenet.com, and just do what you can to make sure that, you know, this doesn't get passed.
0: Uh, that, I agree 100% with what you said. And, and, and to add on to that, I also would encourage I- anyone out there, um, if you feel as though you're trying to be restricted from doing anything, know that, there that the what 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 power you do have you still do have some power in some of the things that you do so i would definitely encourage you to take the action to still be inspired to do what you want to do don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything if you have something you want to achieve a dream you want to go after still go after it don't let anyone try to restrict you and tell you you can't do it because you, you don't just just you have to be able to think beyond that and look at the bigger picture so that is the advice that uh, that I would give. But yeah, as Gary said, definitely check out the website once again, battleforthenet.com. Sign the petition, um, and again, be prepared for the changes that we will experience because we're going to experience a lot, a lot more changes. Um, this is only really the first year that this stuff has started with the new person in office. So be prepared for what other what other stuff we have to deal with. It's just it is what it is. But don't also- let that. Oh, go ahead.
3: sorry, also educate yourself because a lot of people still don't know what net neutrality is.
0: Mhm, agree, hundred percent definitely educate yourself and um, as I said, know that changes are coming, but know that you can still do your part to achieve the goals you want to in this life. Don't let anyone deter you from doing what you want to do. That's the main thing here, so just wanted to talk about that uh so. Is there no other thoughts on that topic, we can get back to uh, gaming. Uh, more importantly, uh, Black Friday stuff that went down this past, uh, this, this last couple of days. Um, so here's the thing. I don't really know how valid this is. Uh, we're going to have a discussion about it right now. But obviously, uh, there was a few news stories that came out on Friday, and I believe a few on Saturday as well. Uh, Basically talking about the Black Friday sales and the fact that the PlayStation 4 Slim, which a lot of us already know, the system was on sale for Black Friday for $199. Um, There was also a sale of the Xbox One S. I believe that was $189, somewhere around that ballpark. But the thing is, is that the PlayStation 4 Slim has been selling out everywhere. I don't know if this is true for the stores in you guys' area, but I know here it was impossible to find a PlayStation 4 uh, Slim because of that price. So Gary wanted us to have a discussion on whether or not we think the PlayStation 4 actually has a chance of outselling the Switch this month. Now, keep in mind, Black Friday is only, on Friday, Or even though some of these sales started uh, throughout this week. I know GameStop had a, a, a uh their promotion was Sony Week. That started on Monday and ran all through this week, and I believe it ends today or tomorrow. But uh the question is, once again, that wanted to be posed is do we think the PlayStation 4 hardware has a chance of outselling the Switch for this month? Um, and uh Gary, I'll let you answer that question first and your your own opinion on it
1: um i didn't do you know too much digging on you know any of, of of just how much it was selling but you know i did hear the headlines pop up and everything about the ps4 selling um i'm not sure if it was it was the slim the main one that was selling or was the pro selling as well
0: uh the pro sold i mean the pro had about a 50 dollars discount um that actually was selling i believe on amazon it it was it was selling out on amazon at certain points but the slim hands down was the better deal and even with GameStop they actually had a deal where if you bought a PlayStation 4 Slim you also got a $50 GameStop card as well but that was only like on Black Friday for a few couple of hours
1: but uh okay. yeah
0: it it's doing well i would say
1: okay well yeah um i mean yeah it's you know it's it's going to be interesting to see cuz obviously that's like you said that's contained to that one day and um of course you know for some retailers it was like all week or whatever but um you know black friday is just one period and then you know you still have the whole month so it really does depend on how well uh, the the switch has sold all throughout the month consistently now we know that mario just came out you know um last month i think was it was it october it came out yeah
0: yeah october 27th
1: Okay, yeah, so that game's been out, you know, uh, about a month now, so people are probably still going to be picking up Switches just for that game alone, you know, and to, you know, to play some of the other stuff that came out as well. But um, I know a lot of people in particular were, were waiting for Mario to release before they picked up a Switch, so um, there could have been a ton of sales of the Switch around Black Friday, you know, like the two weeks prior and everything in November, Um, so it's i think it's going to be a tough fight i think it's going to be neck and neck kind of um i think sony definitely does have a good chance at outselling them this month um with with you know with all those sales but um i don't know i think just just because mario came out i think nintendo might possibly edge it a little bit um but it's going to be interesting to see you know it's definitely going to be a close one but I, I can confirm that the Xbox One X weren't outsell either.
0: Uh, you're going to make some people mad, that last comment. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens with Microsoft. Um, Mr. Lugo, do you have any thoughts on this topic?
2: Not really. I mean, we'll know see what goes down after the holidays or at least as you know after christmas and stuff like that see what went down because uh, i mean at this point eventually playstation 4 sales are going to slow down or playstation 4 pro sales are going to slow down because there's going to be enough people to to have it already in the world same thing also for the nintendo switch but i think the nintendo switch got a lot more heat now at this point because more and more people are starting to pick it up especially with all the good releases that are starting to come up consistently so we'll know as we go into 20, 2018 let's find out what's up
0: I agree with that. Uh, other point that I would add is just that, uh, yeah, I mean, the 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 Switch is the hot item now. I mean, when I went to Best Buy, because I actually went to the store Black Friday and then the day after, because I wanted to see how bad it was going to be. Uh, I saw, you know, Nintendo has done a really great job, you know, because Switches were all over the place, you know, so they definitely got the stock shortage issue resolved. Um I didn't see any Xbox One Xs. I did see a plenty of S's, but no PlayStation 4. So, you know, as you guys already alluded to, you know, yeah, we'll have to wait and see how the numbers pan out. Uh, I think with PlayStation 4, definitely Black Friday, they did well with that. But for the whole month, you know, who knows? And as you said, Gary, yeah, Mario came out October 27th. We already saw the NPDs last month is uh, that, I mean, it, it, still, it still did sell well for October. I mean, it was in the top three. So I do expect Mario to still be in the top three, but Call of Duty definitely will be number one, I feel like because that is the game that you know that was out at the beginning of this month, and it's been doing very well. Uh, so but we'll have to wait and see how the numbers pan out. But uh Dana, did, what are your thoughts? Do you think the PlayStation four, uh because of the sales potentially outsold the switch this month, or you think no no chance in hell?
3: Oh, remember, Cyber Monday still exists, so I'm looking forward to that. But I oh I do think that it will outsell one because right now Mario Odyssey Odyssey is just such a well-reviewed game, and not everyone has it yet. So people are waiting for the holiday season. If not, you know, Black Friday, there's always Cyber Monday then we have the other sales that's coming around all throughout Christmas. So as was previously said, we're not going to get a official number until, you know, maybe January after New Year. So right now, to me, it looks like that it's going to outsell the PS4. Good points.
0: Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. That's that that that, that that's it in a in a nutshell. Definitely does look that way. Um we'll have to see what happens. But uh I definitely did want to give a congratulations to uh Nintendo. Uh the fact that the console is doing so well. As I've said on this show many times. A lot of people were skeptical. I know I was skeptical uh, from that launch, but you know, Nintendo they definitely did a good job. Now we're going to see what happens with the Xbox One X which, again, the future looks bright for for Microsoft, so I have no complaints. And, of course, with PlayStation, they've been doing a great job this year. They have a lot of great titles coming out next year, so just a great time for gaming in general, uh, regardless of what system you have. Um, But, yeah, I'll be curious to see the numbers for next month, what's the top-selling software and the hardware. So looking forward to that. So um, any... Other thoughts or other topics you guys wanted to bring up before we get ready to wrap up the show?
1: Well, that's pretty much it. You guys, you know, nailed it on the head. said everything awesome. out and to say. All right, cool.
0: So uh as I mentioned before, wasn't really too many news topics this week because, you know, because of the holidays, so on and so forth. Um Definitely want to encourage you guys to join our show next week. Uh, we're probably going to, if I had to make a guess, we'll talk about a lot of different other things. We're definitely going to, at some point, talk about what we think is going to go down at the Game Awards because there's going to be some reveals at that show. We're going to definitely talk about that on a future podcast closer to the show. Um, but that pretty much wraps up our uh, show for this week. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, and for final shout outs, do you guys have any final shout-outs that you would like to give? Uh, how about you start us off, Mr. Lugo?
2: Yeah, I have a couple. So, obviously, shout-out to everybody listening to the show now, whether you're catching the live show or if you're catching the replay afterwards on demand. Thank you, guys. We appreciate all the support. We appreciate all the feedback and all the type of interaction that you guys have with us on YouTube, on the website, on social media, et cetera. Uh, big shout-out to HyperX because we actually have a new unboxing and impressions video that we got up on the website now. I did recently in the last few days. Definitely got to check that out. It's for the HyperX Cloud Stinger. Uh, This is the first time we actually got a chance to check out some HyperX products like that or really kind of really take a dive into it. So we're hoping at some point to be able to do the same thing down the line as well, as well as also with a couple other companies that we're in the works with trying to talk with. Uh, Also, big news, and I announced this on uh, Twitter, and we have to talk about this because this is happening actually tomorrow. Uh, I'm actually going to have a very special guest on TK Spotlight. Now we're going on my 10th episode now that we're doing for the show. And the big guest that we're going to have that I announced on Twitter to reiterate is James Rolfe, who's also known as the angry video game nerd. Now this is a big deal because obviously uh, James is a big uh, influence on a lot of content creators out there. He's been in the game for a while, since 2006, I want to I say, you know if I got my dates right. So he's been, he's been around for a good minute. But basically, he's going to be on the show. We're going to talk about everything. We're going to talk about the Angry Video Game Nerd. We're going to talk about Cinemasker. We're going to talk about Board James. We're going to talk about retro gaming. We're going to talk about gaming now. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of stuff. And one of the things that I wanted to do for this episode, since this is episode X, as we're calling it, uh, I wanted to get some more questions and comments from the audience, from the viewers and the listeners, that I could ask James when we do the episode tomorrow. We're actually going to be doing it on, in the afternoon Eastern standard time. So if you guys want to in the comments here on this video, on the live show, or hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag tag, TK spotlight, send me questions, send us questions that we could ask James while we actually talk. Cause it's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, besides him though, which is the big news. Uh, we also have a couple other special guests that I can't uh, reveal just yet, but they're going to be very, very special guests, very big ones that we're getting on the show that we're going to be able to talk with that you guys are definitely going to enjoy. And I can't wait to share it with you, but other than that, thank you everybody for checking out our content. And I hope to have some more surprises for you guys very soon.
0: Absolutely. And I'm going to echo what JJ said, definitely send us questions. I've already received a few questions, but uh, we definitely need some more. So uh, feel free to send us questions, whether it is as leaving a comment to this video, the post on the website, or just, you know, on Twitter. Uh, Yeah, we'll make sure that you definitely contact us and let us know any questions that you might have. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, Dana, do you have any shout-outs that you would like to give?
3: Shout-out to everybody listening. And also, I wasn't going to get a chance to say um, shout-out to Mass Effect, which just celebrated its 10th year anniversary. Ten years since the first game came out, we're all old.
0: Yay!
2: Yes, you just it, dated everybody on this panel.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and, and, and and let me add on to that. That yeah, ten years since the game came out, and it will be another ten years before we need to see another Mass Effect because EA have they they did a horrible job with Andromeda. So
1: <laughs> that was cold blooded. Yeah, yeah, that well, was
0: that
2: was
0: savage. Rich. Come on, son. Hey, th- like hey, they 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 the ones that said they're gonna take a break. So. It is what it is. <laughs> all right. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to give a shout-out to everybody on the panel, Mr. Lugo, Dana, Gary. Uh, give a shout-out to all of the fans that continue to show us support. I saw Reggie in the chat. I saw Mark in the chat. I saw Blackstar in the chat. Thank you, guys, for your continued support. Definitely want to give a shout-out to the Patreon su- su- subscribers, which Gary will also give a shout-out to momentarily. Um, and just let you guys know to stay tuned to the site, we do have a lot of exciting things coming to the site uh, for this week and the rest of the year. I'm already making plans for 2018, and that's a big year for us. So I'll talk more about that in the future. But uh, thank you all for your continued support. Oh, yeah, quick shout-out to Mr. Mats Muller. He was unable to be with us this week. We hope he had a great Thanksgiving. we we'll look forward to having him on next time. And Mr. Tony Polanco as well. Uh, in the throwdown, that'll be on later tonight. So make sure you check out their show as well. And uh, Gary, the floor is yours.
1: Yep. So as always, we're going to shout out our Patreon supporters. So shouts to M Collins, Sean Goretti, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Lelo and Leslie, Nicholas Alvarez, Miguel and Mark. Big shouts to all of you guys. We appreciate you. And uh, yeah, definitely look out for more content from us soon. I want to shout out uh, Reggie and Mark for being in the chat and shouts to Illustrated DEO for just joining the show now, better late than never. Uh, Be sure to catch the rebroadcast like, you know, after if you guys missed the live stream. But yeah, shouts to all of you guys for being a part of the show and shouts to the whole coalition team. But um, that's pretty much it from me.
0: Absolutely. And last, but certainly not, not, not least, uh, if you haven't had a chance to check out our Punisher recap show, definitely check that out. Now I will say it is a spoiler filled show. It is on the website right now. So definitely check it out. But uh, if you haven't watched Punisher yet, you definitely need to watch Punisher before you check out the show. Uh, that's a warning, but that should be, you should already know that because I said it's a spoiler for free review. So, but that's it for today. Uh, We hope that you all have a great week, and we will talk to you all next week.